Hey, it's Jen, and welcome back to our community. This podcast is where we're getting real about wellness rituals, life-changing habits, and having relatable conversations with friends about mental health, social media, morning routines, or lack thereof. And we're talking about that thing that you thought no one else could relate to. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our community. I am so excited about this episode. I am obsessed with Jess Clark. I have a new girl crush, and I think you all will too. If you are new to this podcast, first of all, welcome to the community. The intro is going to be audio only, but you can always watch the full episode on video on Spotify Podcasts or over on YouTube. YouTube usually goes live within like 24 hours of the audio version on all the podcast apps. I feel like I'm speaking super quiet because I'm in my boyfriend's house and I just don't want to make a scene, but I'm sure you can't tell the difference. Anyway, so let's talk about what's in alignment and out of alignment this week. If you're new, we do this every single week, talk about what was in alignment and out of alignment the last week. We breathe it in and we breathe the rest of the shit out. And if you join our Geneva chat, you can drop in there what's in and out of alignment for you guys as well. So in alignment, honestly, so much activity. I have been so active and it feels so good. I played tennis yesterday for the first time in a while and I was like pretty good for someone who doesn't play tennis and my back is so sore. I play like once or twice a year and I'm always so sore the next day. And then the other day, if you follow me on TikTok or Instagram, you already know this, but Ethan took me on the loop around Central Park, which is 6.1 miles. The most I had ever ran before was five miles. The most I ever ran without stopping before was four. And this is all new within the last like two months of half marathon training. I always hated running. So this is all totally new for me. I cried twice, I want to say, towards the end cried when I stopped the run. And I just felt so inadequate because it was so hot. I didn't realize that loop was like kind of hilly. And I was just feeling so sticky and uncomfortable and overwhelmed and also like I'm PMSing. So it was a recipe for disaster. But looking back, I actually did really well. Only stopped a few times, only cried twice towards the end. And honestly, I'm really proud of myself. Like this is still only like, I don't know, I don't even think three months, I think two months into my running journey. So I'm really proud of myself and I'm so happy that I have Ethan to help me through half marathon training because I wouldn't know how to do anything and even just taking me on the loop and telling me, okay, like a hill's coming up, let's relax. Even though I was a psycho about it, I'm just so happy that I did it. What's out of alignment for us this week? So for me, I've been feeling so behind on my own creative work. You know, I stopped doing YouTube. I haven't posted in like a month. That was an active choice. I just feel like I'm already so behind in my podcast, it feels like. And I think it's because I'm so creative in my full-time job. Again, if you're new, I work for Dear Media. I make all of the TikToks and podcast trailers on Instagram for the Skinny Confidential podcast, and I love it. But because I'm so creative all day, five days a week, It is really hard for me to not just want to like breathe and do some self-care when I'm off work. And I'm so passionate about my podcast and everything I'm doing, but sometimes I'm just so drained and I physically feel incapable of being creative or speaking on a mic or anything like that after work. I work till 7 p.m. 
So it's really difficult. I try to do it in the morning before I get online, but it's just something that I've been struggling with a little extra this past week. And that's probably mainly because since we had three days off this week for July 4th, I had a lot of extra work to do to prep for that. So I think I was just extra drained for that reason. But let's breathe in what was in alignment for us this week and breathe out what was out of alignment for us this week. Let that shit go. You can always voice note me or put in Geneva your answers. So product recommendation of the week. I'm going with a rosemary oil from Amazon. I have been on a hair growth journey, which I've never been in in my entire life. I've had long hair my whole life. Anytime I've cut it shorter, I've been like, yes, let's thrive in the short hair era. And it grows back, you know, fairly quickly. But This time I didn't intend on cutting it this short. And also it was before I realized I was going to be ring shopping and all of this exciting stuff that I would want my gorgeous long hair for. So I'm like panicked and on a long hair growth journey for the first time in my life. I'm taking Wellbell, but I did just order Nutrafol because I heard it has a shit ton more biotin in it. So it'll like grow a lot faster. Wellbell is great for like strong hair. But if I'm on like a mad dash to grow my hair, I think I'm going to try Nutrafol for the first time. But then rosemary oil is apparently another great thing to try so I drop it in my scalp and then I just slick my hair back in a bun so that's what I've been doing lots of slicked back looks the slicked back braid all the things and I just put rosemary oil in my hair at all times and that's the wreck it feels so good and hopefully it's working so let's get into this beautiful episode this week we have Jess Clark Higgins, Jess Higgins. She is a licensed esthetician and certified acne specialist. She is the founder of Just Skin Den, where she offers facials and skincare services in Denver, Colorado. What are we talking about in this episode? We are getting into her long distance relationship with Ben Higgins, who was formerly The Bachelor, and how they made it work, moving to a new city with your significant other, her tips for that, and how it worked out for her, and how it's gotten progressively actually more difficult. We talk about, so trigger warning here, eating disorder recovery, especially while newly in the public eye, how she leaned into social media once she blew up from dating Ben and what that experience was like for her. We talk about all things skincare, of course, skincare myths, mistakes we've all been making with our skincare, how to figure out the right product for you, her favorite skincare hacks, how she opened up her own studio in Denver, and she just has such a positive light that shines through the entire conversation. She is so beautiful inside and out. I'm obsessed with her, obsessed with this episode. And of course, she's doing a giveaway. So Jess is giving away one customized skincare routine to any one of you. It's going to be totally custom for you. So all you have to do is follow me on Instagram, follow Jess Clark Higgins on Instagram, and leave a podcast review. Uh, either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast, Dare to Self-Care, by Tuesday, July 11th. We'll choose one winner on Tuesday, July 11th, and you will get a custom skincare routine by Jess, handpicked herself, and it's going to be great. So let's get into the episode. Hi, Jess. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you on. I have been following your journey since I don't, Ben posted about you, which was I don't even know how many years ago at this point, but I have been loving just like watching not only your love story together, but also you kind of thrive on your own and the skincare and everything. So I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you. Yeah, that was our first post was five years ago, which That's so is crazy. crazy. I feel like we like lost two years because of COVID and everything, but yeah, it's been a crazy, 
crazy couple of years. Is that when you guys were long distance? Was that during COVID? Yeah. So we were long distance from 2018 to the end of 2020. And then I moved to Denver in December of 2020. I feel like there's so much in there that I want to unpack because it's one thing to be in a long distance relationship for that long, Mm -hmm. but then it's another thing to go from long distance to living together, but then also the layer of like you're moving to a new city and what that does to you on an individual level, like apart from just him and also coming in on his life. And he is well established there. So I just want to like unpack all of that with you. So starting with just the long distance of it all, is there anything you would say that really helped you get through that time? Or were you, was it just easy for you? It was definitely not easy, but I actually loved long distance. And when people say that their relationship is starting that way, I'm like, it's, it really is so helpful for a healthy relationship because first of all, you have to get to know each other's hearts and minds so much deeper because you don't have that physical intimacy. And so you're FaceTiming all the time. You're talking on the phone. You're like filling in those like awkward gaps when, you know, normally you might like just grab someone's hand or whatever. So I feel like Ben and I got to know each other on a really deep level really, really quickly. So that was really helpful. And then he and I are also very um, independent. Sorry, I couldn't think of that word. (laughs) No, I but I totally agree with this because so are me and my boyfriend. So I get it. Yes, we're so independent that... It was really nice for us because we could do our own thing when we weren't together. And then when we did come together, it was awesome. But that's helped us in our marriage because, so for instance, this is a Saturday afternoon, Ben's golfing, so he might be gone for six hours. And I'm like, good, I need my alone time. Like, I'm going to get all my stuff done. And, you know, he travels a lot. And it's the same thing. Like, he can be gone for a week and it's totally fine because I'm used to not being with him for that long. So I think totally made our marriage really healthy. And it's made us also realize like we need our own stuff. Like, you know, he can't be my everything, even though he's one of the only people I knew in Denver, I had to figure stuff out on my own. So I think it's helped for us to become better individuals, which makes us better as a couple too. Yeah. I also feel like it's unique that I feel like most people get together because they're, they live near each other Mm -hmm. and then they have to do long distance due to work or whatever the case might be like college, whatever it is. So it is unique that you guys started a relationship long distance. I feel like that speaks to clearly like the instant connection and it's very hard to find a man that wants to be long distance off the bat for you. Oh, totally. And what's crazy is I never even doubted it for one second. That's how I knew it was right because he never made me be like, oh gosh, like, can I trust him or is he really in it or anything like that? I actually think that long distance made us have less doubts because you're investing your time and your energy and your money into this person in a whole other way. Um, But yeah, it is really hard to find a man that's like willing to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. And I feel like there was an added layer there due to your faith where you wanted to wait until marriage and you had, you know, your own expectations of what you wanted out of a relationship. And do you find that because you were long distance, like you said, you were kind of, he was able to really hear you and learn what that meant to you and understand it instead of just like, I don't know. I feel like that long distance layer really adds to the healthy communication. You're kind of forced to communicate in that way. No, I 100% agree because 
even before our first visit, because I was flying out to Denver to stay with him for a weekend to meet him for the first time. So crazy. So I know my dad is like, one day you're going to have a daughter and understand how terrifying that is. Totally. Um, But we had to have that like really hard and awkward conversation before my first visit ever even happened. As opposed to like going on a date with a guy for four times and then being like, actually, I'm waiting. And then, you know, that can really make or break a whole relationship. So it was kind of nice to be able to have that conversation before we ever even met in person because he knew what he was getting himself into. And I knew that I could trust him and that he respected me in that way. And so it was great. It's incredible. I feel like that's something that a lot of people probably have a hard time sharing with a significant other because like you said, it could make or break. Have you experienced before kind of sharing that with someone and them being like, okay, bye. (laughs) Like, you know, I feel like I've gotten really lucky where it never made someone like run away, but it definitely like as a relationship would progress or as I would go on more dates with someone, it became apparent that we just didn't align and like maybe there was some unspoken fresh pressure or frustration or like um, I didn't fully trust them. Like I felt like they were probably going to find another girl to get like that from. And then me, I would be like the long-term thing. Do you know what I mean? A hundred percent. And if they're not ready to really settle down, they might just be like, okay, she's the one I'm going to take on dates. And then I'm going to go to this girl for that. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Okay. So then you trust Ben. Everything's good. Clearly he's aligned with that. And then you move to Denver. Yeah. What is that like moving to an entirely new city with someone that you never not only lived with before, but never lived in the same place as ever? (laughs) So we were engaged at that point. So there were like no doubts. Okay. We also had during COVID, we had two months where we were quarantined at my parents' house together with my whole family. So <laughs> that's I a knew, test. Like exactly. It was a test. And I knew my family loved him. And I I knew him so well at that point. And we had progressed so much in our relationship. Like the next step was marriage, which you have to be pretty comfortable to take risks with the person you're going to marry. So I felt like I was in a really good place to move here. It was definitely scary because I've never not lived in the South. I've never not lived driving distance from my family, but the initial move was really exciting. So I think it's actually gotten harder as I've lived here longer because initially it was just like a fun new adventure, like living somewhere new, moving to the place that like the love of my life lived. And Um, being able to start all of these new things that actually made me feel like an adult because I was still pretty young. Yeah. Um, But it's gotten harder, like, as we've been out here longer, actually, which I feel like is kind of backwards. Yeah, I feel like people wouldn't expect that unless I'm sure they've gone through it. But that makes a lot of sense to me. Like, it's so exciting at first. Mm -hmm. And then he gets back into his regular routine and you're expected to kind of just find yours. Mm -hmm. So what was that like? You know, you're finally there and you settle in and you're like, now what? Yeah, I think it was... I'm an esthetician and I had gone to esthetician school and I knew that I wanted to open my own skincare studio at some point in time. I talked to enough people that it just felt like the right next step for me um, as opposed to getting a job somewhere else. So when I moved to Denver, I went ahead and just like started to take the steps to start my own business right away because I knew I needed to have my own thing outside of just Ben. Otherwise, I would sit at home twiddling my thumbs until he got home from whatever he was doing or if he went out at night and I was just 
chilling at the house all day long or whatever. And so that I think is my biggest piece of advice to girls that are moving because their significant other lives somewhere else. Like make sure that you either have your own job or you have a fun hobby that's going to get you out of the house and get you meeting other people outside of even your significant other's friend group because it immediately made Denver feel like it was my home as well as opposed to me just like visiting again. So do you feel like you're still struggling with it in a way or you feel like you're grounded now this is your home? Because I know they say it takes like over a year to actually feel like somewhere's your home. Yeah. So I've lived here for two and a half years and it definitely is my home. Like when we travel, I'm excited to come back here. And even when I go and visit my family, I'm excited to get back to like my house. Like I, we have roots here. It feels very much like home. And I don't miss the place where I used to live, but I definitely miss the people because I was still friends with my friends from kindergarten when I lived in Nashville. And those connections are just very hard to recreate. So what I've learned being out here is I don't have to replicate those friendships. Friendships are going to be very, very different. Even the older you get, they're going to ebb and flow. And you're going to meet people in different stages of life that are going to become really fast friends. And I have that as well. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But the, that like sister bond and that bond with my brothers and my mom and my dad you can't replicate it. So you just do your best to nurture it from afar. And once I like came to that realization, it's been so much easier. That's a really, I feel like great realization to have because first of all, it'll make going home that much more special and it'll allow you to kind of embrace these new friendships for what they are. I think adult friendships are so special because they're typically people you meet through either a hobby or work or a shared life phase. Like when people have kids, they meet other moms and whatnot. And typically your friendships that you grew up with, you're all in different phases of life. And that's kind of why those ebb and flow, because you're all experiencing different things. You're moving, you got engaged. Maybe you have a friend who's single and dating. Like it's a different sisterly bond with those adult friendships you meet at a workout class or through work, I think are so special because they help you in that time in your life. Like people that really get each other at that point. Yes, I 100% agree. So I actually... I visited Denver because my boyfriend's sister lives in Colorado now. So we visited Denver and I saw that you went to F45 in Rhino or you go there a lot. Yes. And I had gone there and I go to F45 like wherever I go. That specific studio, so friendly and welcoming. And I imagine that was a huge part of like I, I've never really moved 
far away without anyone, but I can imagine that a space like that and a workout class can really help you form community and like a routine of seeing people outside of just Ben when you first get there. <laughs> 100%. I First of all, I love that you do that because F45 is like a sneaky hard workout. Like yeah. when you're doing it, you're like, oh, this is fine. And then you finish and you're like, I can't feel any part of my body. 100%. Yeah, but it's so fun. It goes by really fast. Um, but yeah, the group fitness in Denver is, like you said, so friendly. Everyone's so nice. And that was a huge way for me to like get out of my comfort zone because I am an introvert to the extreme, like a group of people. And I would rather like sit in the corner and watch everyone else talk. (laughs) And then like, if someone were to come up to me and talk to me, I would absolutely like shrivel up. I really don't love it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Which is really surprising because I was not that way when I was younger, but that's interesting. Um, But yeah, the group fitness out here was a great way to like help me get out of my comfort zone. And then when Ben and I got married and we got our puppy, I had to change my routine a little bit. So I don't do it as much, but I really miss it because it was so fun. I feel like it's a great way to just when you're in a new city, if you enjoy movement, just like get F45 specifically is very community driven and like it's easy to meet people in your pod and whatnot. So I always recommend that. But It's funny you're saying like you kind of want to be in a corner when you're in a group of people because it makes me think of when you were just overnight like thrown into Bachelor Nation. (laughs) And I'm like, how? I mean, I was listening to another podcast you were on. You got like 30,000 followers in three minutes or something like insane. So when you started, actually something that I really did want to ask you is I know that you have spoken about body image issues in the past and like I think we all struggle with that on a daily basis. Some seasons it's harder than others or we're harder on ourselves than other seasons of life. But I was wondering when you were thrown into this Bachelor Nation world and you are absolutely stunning, but I can imagine going into a group of people who are like these reality TV stars and everyone's stunning and you don't love the group setting and you crawl into a corner. Did did those feelings of insecurity come back at all during that time? Like, was that an overwhelming time of just comparing yourself again? Or at that point, had you already grown so much in that area? I think you're right. There's like different seasons of body image. And and I actually, uh, I had a full eating disorder in college and it's manifested itself in different ways kind of throughout my seasons of life. So um, I think that when I was thrown into it, I was actually at like my smallest weight ever. And so my insecurity at that point was coming from people commenting and saying like, you look sick, you look sick. And I was getting, I was like currently getting help for it and like trying, actively trying to gain weight. Um, And so that was like kind of a weird season. When I, when all that happened, it was more the comparison to like the other girls that Ben had dated publicly because, or Ben with publicly had partnerships with, because it was, I don't know. I feel like women have this tendency to put other women against each other without even meaning to. Right. Um, Or intentionally. And when you're hiding behind a screen on social media, it becomes that much easier. So when we first started dating, I always had my mom actually go through my DMs and like delete the ones that either were talking about my body or comparing me to someone else because it was, I was in a very vulnerable place with it. Um, But as we've been together longer and as I've 
done so much more work on my mental health and on myself, it's become a lot easier because I know that my body doesn't define me. It doesn't make people love me more or less because it's changed so much throughout my life. And I have the same friends and Ben doesn't even notice if a pair of jeans doesn't fit me anymore. Or You know, and so it's like, It's totally in your head. So it's another one of those things that has changed a lot in the past five years, and it's gotten a lot easier. Did you expect that when he was going to post an Instagram that all of a sudden these added, not complications, but like the added level of not not even insecurity, just like scrutiny, like that people were going to place on you and whether they were doing it in a lighthearted way or not, just comparing you to other people. Did you expect that or were you so oblivious to bachelor world? Oh, so oblivious. Been oh, like man. Even like little things in life. I just live in my own little naive bubble. <laughs> and because I, I wasn't very familiar with Bachelor Nation and I knew that Ben had been the bachelor when we met three years previously. So right. you know, there's a new shiny thing. So I'm like, there's no way that people care anymore. Um, but he's, he's so beloved by the people that watch that show as he should be because he's the most incredible person. Um, but I just, I really underestimated all of it. Like even we had been dating for five months before we posted a photo together. And I remember in three months and I'm like, why can't we just post a photo? Like, I don't understand. And he's like, you'll understand. And I did. He was protecting you. He was. Yeah, he really was. Um, also to clarify, when people were coming to you, look sick, you look sick, were they saying like sickly or like in like sick in a positive way? Oh, it was negative. Um, oh, because when I-, I first heard that, I thought you meant like, you look amazing because there's another, you know, side of it where it's like, just don't comment on it at all, please, because I'm trying to get better. Yes. So don't tell me I look good at this weight. But you were saying you look sickly. Yes. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good clarification. So... What was something that kind of helped you through that time? Because obviously that's not, you know, it's a very unique experience to have, but I think so many women have been in experiences where they're trying to get better or heal from something and there's triggers. Like not everyone's dating reality TV star, but there there are other triggers, whether it be social media or whatnot. What are some things, I know one thing you mentioned was specific to you with your mom, you know, combing through the DMs. Is there anything else that just helped you with triggers on social media? Yes. Uh, The biggest thing that I tell people is like, if you have an insecurity or something you're struggling with, keeping it inside makes it worse because you're going to make it bigger in your head. So for me, it was whenever I had these negative feelings, sometimes it would be like, I would call Ben crying or come home to my mom and be so frustrated or angry. But just expressing all those feelings helps so much because once you talk about it, it's kind of out of you. And you have right. someone else to sound it off with where it's like, I understand how you feel, but you know, that's not true, you know, kind of like bringing you back in. And I think that if I never talked about it to anybody, it would have built up and gotten worse. And I probably would have just had a complete breakdown one day. Um, so I'm very thankful for the community I have between my partner and my family and my friends. It made it so much easier. I think that's really good advice because I know a lot of us get kind of in the habit of holding things in, whether it's hiding. I know for me, I've I've struggled a lot with like not wanting to tell someone else's story, even though it's affected me. Like, you know, there's addiction in my family and things like that. And so I got in the habit of 
what I thought was like protecting others in my family, just holding everything in. And I've really been practicing over the last few years and now it's come to a point where I overshare, but I've been practicing just like letting people in more and being more open and talking through what I'm going through because you're right. It helps so much. And people also don't know to be there and support you if they think that everything's just like fine and dandy. Yes, that's so beautiful. And and it's true. If you hold everything in, people are going to think you're doing great and you might not be. So it's better to just talk about it. Totally. And even like the positives too. I've just gotten better at just sharing kind of everything because it. You were, we were talking about adult friendships before. And I think when you meet new people, you're kind of like, well, they don't know my family. They don't know this person. They don't know my past. So like, I don't talk to these people about X, Y, Z, but I've I've kind of been practicing with adult friendships, sort of just sharing everything and not always, I think I got in a habit of just protecting people, but then it ended up being me being closed off in general to these newer friendships in my life. So it's an interesting, just something to like exercise and think about when you're moving to a new city, obviously don't just like go around trauma dumping on people or anything like that, but just being open when you, you know, connect with someone and you really feel like you've found a friend in people, like sharing more like the highs and the lows. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's so important. And it's something that we lost a lot of that connection piece or vulnerability, I guess. And getting that back is really important. I agree. Is there anything that moving to a new city, I know we spoke about F45, but is there any, were there any other places where you found those adult friendships in a new city? My job was really big. Um, I work on women all day. And so I've really connected with some of my clients, which I'm sure is not, maybe not the healthiest, but they've become some of my best friends and it's been great. Um, And then Ben has such a great group of friends. He's lived in Colorado for 10 years. So all, and most of his friends have significant others and they are all just the most incredible women. So I really, when it comes to moving to a new place, I had it so much easier than a lot of people do. Um, So I got really lucky. Yeah. I always think about like when you move as a couple, you didn't move as a couple, but I know, I know a few people that are, and I always think about it because my boyfriend and I always like debate it. And I feel like that can even be harder because you can just fall on each other and end up just like experiencing everything together, which is great, but it's always important to find kind of what we were talking about before, like your own independent lives, even when you're moving together in a shared experience. I went to college with my high school boyfriend, who's still my boyfriend. I've been with him forever. Mm -hmm. And when we went to college, we were just really intentional about like, this is a time for me to make college friends and you to make college friends and like not make either one of us feel guilty for like maybe not spending the most quality time in the first like few months of college. And I think it's really important in a relationship, which I feel like you two have to kind of push each other to have your own lives and to like make your own friends and whatnot. And I'm sure Ben was really supportive when you first got there of like making sure you kind of found your own footing too. Yeah. I love that you guys did that in college because how hard is that? Um, It's not normal. (laughs) No. And so much respect to y'all for doing that and also for being together for so long. That's so amazing. Thank you. Um, But yeah, Ben has been so supportive of all of the new things I want to try and people I want to meet. And um, 
I hope he feels that I've been the same way to him with all of his existing friendships. You know, our, our goal as a couple is to never hold each other back in anything and to support one another and everything. I'm his biggest fan and he's mine. And, um, whether that's a friendship or a job or a hobby or whatever it is, it's, it makes, um, life so much more fun when you can come home at the end of the day and you don't know what the other person did and you can sit down and talk about all the things. That's so funny you say that. I literally spent the whole day with my boyfriend yesterday and then we sat down at dinner and I was like, I have nothing to say. To <laughs> I was like, I just spent the whole day with you. I'm good on this. Honestly, like there are some days where like we will spend a whole day together and I'll go on a walk and call like some of my friends because I'm like, give me some content. Like I need right. to have something to say. Right. I need to sit down later and have something to say to this man. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I also think it's it's cool because I'm, again, similar to you. Like, we have totally different professions. Mm. And I feel like, obviously, Ben's thing is not skincare. And yeah. that's, like, where you've made your friends. And you started your career in Denver and whatnot. And I'm curious if – did you think about the possibility of opening your own studio before you gained a following? I think that if I didn't have a following, the people I sought advice from would have told me to work somewhere else because that's where you build up clientele. Everyone that I sat down with that's in the industry was like, you should just go ahead and go for it because you know what you're doing. You have your protocols. And if you work somewhere else, your following would end up um, like benefiting the other company more than it would you. So you should right. just kind of go for it. And we were in a place where, you know, we don't have kids. Um, I had a really hefty savings account from my previous job. And so it just felt like it was like now or never kind of take the risk. And if it flops, I can always get hired somewhere else. But my following definitely gave me the confidence to open somewhere and or open my own place. And it, it was definitely still slow. I mean, I've moved faster than a lot of estheticians, but the first six months, there were days where I would just go and sit in my studio and hope that someone booked last minute. So even with a following, it doesn't mean that you're going to have instant success. I I still had that little kind of building up and improving myself too. You know, you have to have before and after right. photos to get a new client. You have to prove that you know what you're doing. Someone could come to me and I could rub their face for 60 minutes and send them <laughs> on their way and they could be like, okay. Or you can really be able to transform skin. So I, I definitely had that season of proving myself too. It was just, I am so fortunate that it was much shorter than normal. Right. And I mean, your entire following is is nationwide. So it's not everyone's going to be, you know, local enough to be able to go get their skin by you. So totally. I imagine that like, even though you have this large following, it doesn't necessarily mean that people are going to be near your office to like come to you and actually so I feel like it's all that word of mouth and those transformation photos but like that was probably an amazing start did you ever think about trying to cultivate a following before Ben never never Not once. a single time even like my Instagram now it definitely has more thought in it because I I feel like there's a a responsibility with the following that I have, but I just would throw whatever on social media. I wasn't trying to do anything. I, I was in sales and my goal was to get into medical sales and that was kind of it. And if I never had social media, I would have been totally fine. Um, 
it was never my goal. Even when I started to get offers, um, you know, to do ads and promote products, I was so insecure about it. I just, but yeah. It wasn't your thing. No. I was going to ask, is it, was it like an intentional choice? Let me lean in here because either I can connect with other women or for my business. Was that like an intentional choice of what do I do? Do I let these, cause you could have just like let the followers kind of sit there and fizzle out and let people know, like, I'm not going to be, you know, creating content here. It's just going to be like, you could have gone on with your regular social media posting. Did you have like a moment where you were like, no, I'm going to do this. I can help people or it'll help my business. Like, what was that conversation like? I think again, it, I lean on a lot of other people that know more than me. So it was sitting down with other people with a following. It was sitting down with women that I look up to a lot, sitting down with Ben and being like, what is this going to do to our relationship if I lean in or if I don't delete my Instagram? Because that was another thought that went through my mind is like, why don't I just delete it? Like, I don't need it. I can find a job. I can live. We can live quietly. It can be great. But I just believe that I fell in love with Ben and he fell in love with me. And there's a reason for that. And I saw this opportunity opportunity to share my story. Um, And when I did, so many women connected with it. And still to this day, you know, get messages almost daily about it. And so I know I did the right thing in keeping it for the reasons that I did. And then, you know, you're able to really make a career out of it. And it's helped my career in general with skincare. And I'm so incredibly grateful for it. It's changed a lot in the past five years. You know, it's not quite as fun anymore. Um, And I think that that's a universal feeling of people that are on social media is it's like kind of walking on eggshells. Um, And I'm trying to make it fun again for myself personally, because it's lost its luster a little bit. But I think that it can be an amazing tool. And for us, it's been an incredible gift. Um, So I'm very, very grateful for what it's been. And I'm grateful for the people that pushed me to not just delete it, but not to say it hasn't gone through my mind again. But uh, (laughs) You're like, I'm deleting it tomorrow, but it's been a great run. (laughs) This is my announcement. Um, No, but it's, you know, it is one of those things that, I'm lucky that it's not my entire life or livelihood and I never wanted it to be because I always want to have the permission to, or give myself the permission to just let it all go one day Um, because it can really affect people's mental health and I'm a sensitive little flower, so it can affect mine greatly as well. Yeah, especially, I mean, there's, I scroll through TikTok or Instagram and see a trigger every other post and I'm like, when did I become this person? Like, I don't, I'm not someone who's like triggered by everything and everyone, but it's just, it's, it, it can be a lot, but I do truly believe, and I don't know you like personally, personally, but like, I believe that you and Ben were truly placed in each other's lives for a reason. And I do think like the following that came with it had to be for a reason. Like, even just if one person listening to this episode resonated with either your eating disorder journey or moving to a new city for a man or anything like if it helps one person it's absolutely worth it and it's crazy to think that if you never if Ben never randomly found you on an Instagram like mm-hmm. some people wouldn't have learned from you or been comfort comforted by you or it's just so it's such a crazy fate driven thing 
Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for saying that. First of all, that's very kind. Of but course. no, it really is crazy. And I live in the belief that everything in life does happen for a reason and that there's also a greater purpose for my life in general. So you're exactly right. If one person finds comfort or relatability or decides to be vulnerable with a friend or a family member or whatever it is, then it's all worth it. That's kind of been Ben and I's MO about most of the things that we do. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like that shines through. Like it's very clear that your intentions are so pure and it's not, you know, just like, oh my God, it got all these followers, money grab. Like it's, (laughs) you've been very intentional throughout your journey. So that's why I was curious. Like I knew it must've been a choice. Like we're going to lean in here because you I, I like remember the time I started following you and I was like, what is she going to do with this? And you started leading and I don't know why I remember it so clearly, but I, it's like so random, but I feel like it must be because you're just like a striking person. I can't explain. Like, that's why I'm like, it's so crazy if Ben never dated you, like none of us would have seen you because <laughs> you are such like a striking, beautiful person. And I feel like it's very rare to come by these days. That's so kind. You're making, me like, you're making me blush. That's so, so kind. Um, but yeah. Come back anytime. I'll be here. Compliment hour. <laughs> I know. Just give it to me. Um, but no, the leaning in was definitely a very big insecurity. And there have been seasons where I have been so uninspired by being on social media that it's probably felt a lot to people like I am just doing a money grab. And because it's felt that way to me, too. And it just like became a tool for income. And I think a lot of people can fall into that. But, you know, you never know what's going on behind the scenes. And so life fluctuates, which means your presence on social media fluctuates and your feelings and all the things. So to overall be net positive with someone that's followed me from the beginning, I'm feeling pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) It never felt like a money. For me though, like when I see influencers posting ads, if most of their content is so genuine and entertaining or inspiring or whatever it might be, and then they do like a, I don't know, Brooklyn and ad, like good for you. You need to make money. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a little commercial break in the entertainment of all of our lives. (laughs) Totally. As long as it's not like flat tummy tea, we're good. Right. Which would never, but yeah, no, you're exactly right. And (laughs) I've become, I've been able to become a lot more selective and I've, I've figured out a good balance that's fun for me and that I think people are still responding to well. And I've developed long-term relationships with brands I work for, which sounds like the most cliche, like, <laughs> thing to say, but I really have. So anyways, that's a whole other thing. I've never, I feel like I've never really talked about it. So to be able to, like, say, like, yeah, I totally know that I lost myself for a little bit, but we're back <laughs> and we're good. <laughs> we all do. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, speaking of losing yourself, this is a great segue, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I did want to talk to you briefly. I want to get into skincare, but I did want to talk to you quickly about running because I know that's where, like, your eating disorder stemmed from was your track and field career, we could say. Like, was it college, high school? It was high school and then just a teeny bit of college. I was a little too weak for that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. So I know that you had like an unhealthy relationship with running at that point or with your body because of the competitiveness of it all. And I know you had injuries, so it kind of led to an eating disorder of, I mean, you could speak on your behalf, but it it sounded like you had an injury. So you felt like what you could control was the food part of it because you couldn't control like the fitness of it. Yeah, no, you nailed it. That's exactly what happened. My freshman year of college, I got a stress fracture in my femur. And so for my first six weeks of college, I couldn't run. And and I, I went to school on a running scholarship. So that was that was really why I chose the college that I went to. And so those first six weeks of my freshman year, I saw all of my teammates getting better and training really hard and getting in better shape because college versus high school is completely different. And I felt like I was falling so far behind. And so, yeah, the only thing I could control was what I was eating. And it kind of just got worse and worse and worse for five years. And um, But yeah, that that is where it started. I'm too competitive for my own good. Yeah. <laughs> so then at this point, it sounds like you, you've healed a lot since then, mm-hmm. but you're still you know, you're a workout girl, like you like your fitness. So how have, how is, are you still running? Like how has your relationship to fitness evolved since then? Yeah. So first of all, the biggest thing I can say is my therapists, I've had three now that have helped me work through this in different seasons of life. And that is everything. Like if you are dealing with any sort of body image, disordered eating, eating disorder, whatever, seek a professional because it, it changed everything for me. Um, that was like the biggest thing and they helped for me to really understand my why. So like the control thing, that's something I learned in therapy because for me, I was like, no, I just can't eat as much as people cause I'm short or whatever. And they're like, no, you have like a control problem. And so letting go of that and reaching this feeling of freedom has been everything Um, and so once I like mentally was there, you know, I, I now understand that working out is my way of staying sane because Mm -hmm. I grew up being an athlete. I've done sports since I was out of the womb and my whole family is active. And so it really is more of like, I need to wake up and I need to move my body in some way to really feel good throughout the day, but it's finding the movement that I want to do. Like it, I don't wake up anymore and feel like I have to run eight miles to then, you know, eat what I want to eat that day. It's more like, oh, I can like walk a little bit, jog a little bit, maybe lift weights, whatever I want to do just to like feel like myself. And my food has nothing to do with that. So like the separation of that was really, really big for me. This is probably more detailed than you even wanted, but no, I no, truly (laughs) please keep going. I love it. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it was like feeling that freedom of moving my body makes me feel good, but it doesn't dictate what the rest of my day really looks like. It dictates how I feel when I'm faced with challenges throughout my day. So that's where it comes from now. And I'm in a place where I'll run a little bit, but if I feel like I want to stop, I stop. If I don't want to run that day, I don't run that day. Um, I feel like I'm very in tune with my body now because of all of the work that I have done internally. So I know what it needs and what it doesn't need. And I just don't push it anymore. 
This it's really, really fucking cool <laughs> to see someone go from such a low to being able to actually move intuitively. Cause I think so many people feel like I'll never get to that place. Mm-hmm. Like I'll never, you know, if I listened to my body, I would be, you know, sleeping all day or whatever. Like mm-hmm. so many people have that. I think we've all thought that at some point. And it's so cool when you really hear from people who have truly gone from the lowest of low to being able to have such a healthy relationship. And of course, like not to say you don't have setbacks or whatever, but it it sounds like you really have a great relationship with it now. And it's just so cool to hear. Like, I love hearing these stories. (laughs) Well, thank you. It's been a lot of work. So to be able to sit here and and feel the way I do is really huge for me too. So thank you for that. Well, I think people listening would kill me if I didn't ask you some skincare tips before we go into the ending segment. So I know that, or I heard on another podcast, the one that I was listening to, that your intrigue of skincare came from someone passing from cancer that was super healthy and it made you kind of start looking into it. So mm-hmm. were there was there anything you learned from that in terms of like the correlation between skincare and cancer and like what we're putting on our skin? Yeah. So I, I also had had really bad acne all my life until I got into learning about skincare. I did Accutane. I did all the antibiotics. Nothing worked. It kept coming back. So when I started to look into products and ingredients and how our skin responds to them, that was actually when I was able to heal my acne. So more so than like the fear of putting the wrong thing on my body to you know, because of getting sick or whatever it may be, it became more like, oh, no, there's actually ingredients and formulations that people have created that are meant to heal our skin. And so that was what I found more in my research. And then, you know, you obviously learn more about ingredients and our skin's the largest organ. So making sure that what we're putting on is actually helping and not hurting and the correct way to use some of those more harsh ingredients too, so that you don't overdo it. Um, but yeah, the biggest like research that came from me was just trying to figure out why my grandfather got sick and, um, it, it led to so much more than I thought it was going to. Totally. And I think on, on that kind of note of there are products that are made to heal our skin. I think so many people, we all get kind of like, we want to try the most trending products and we want to try this. And we heard this worked on TikTok. Do you have any advice for someone who might be just like feeling defeated and frustrated with trying what they feel is everything? Like they've tried everything on their skin, nothing works. Everyone says this trendy product works and it doesn't like, where would you have them totally start fresh? Yes. So first of all, I, I feel like I'm a very different skincare professional than most because I am a product junkie. I love trying new things. I love being able to say, this is great. This is not great. Like I, I'll always try something new. Um, and then I have like my old faithfuls, but I think that learning your skin is the biggest thing. And lots of times that means seeing a professional. So I actually see a lot of clients virtually that are in that place of like, I have tried everything. Nothing's working. And then we get into the products they're using. And I'm like, well, it's because you're using four different acids in one day and you're stripping your skin. So we need to take a step back and go back to just cleansing and moisturizing for a month or two, you know, rebuild that barrier. And then because your skin is oily, we can add back in a salicylic acid or because you're more dry, you might go to like a lactic or glycolic and just like learning those little things of like what to try and what not to try. 
So for instance, let's say you are a product junkie and you want to try something new every month. Make that be your cleanser and just keep trying new like gentle cleansers or gentle makeup removers or try new lip products. But don't mess around if you found something that helps you heal your acne or you found a retinol that works for you or your favorite vitamin C. Like stick to those more active ones that you know your skin likes and play around with the more fun ones. Like for me, I love to play around with makeup a little bit more than I used to because I found some skincare that I really love. Um, but like keep things fun too. I think that when you are feeling defeated in your skin, it just feels like a chore. So my other big thing is finding products that you enjoy using. They look cute on your countertop. Like you want to reach for them at night and wash your face because it really should be this moment of just like loving yourself. And you know, you're doing this because it feels good and you know, you're doing something good for you. So I really just want to bring the joy and the simplicity back to skincare. You don't have to overthink it, but you also don't have to try, like you said, every single trending thing. Totally. I'm obsessed with a face oil, like Mm -hmm. for the exact reason you just said, it's on my counter. I love putting it on at night and it feels like my skin just kind of drinks it up. Like no matter what brand, as long as it's like a clean, good brand and it's an oil, like my skin just loves it. So it's fun when you find that thing that does react well with you and you can kind of like play around with the cute trendy ones and try them all out. Yes. Is there, do you have, you have like an affiliation with clear stem, right? Yeah. So I actually, um, when I became an acne specialist, I was able to go out and shadow Danielle at her clinic in San Diego. Um, because they'd asked me to be an ambassador. And when I looked more into them, I'm like, this feels like it should be more than just me being an ambassador for them. I'm very intrigued by what they're doing. And so I went out there, I learned Danielle's protocols. She was so generous with her knowledge and she still is to this day, not just to me, but to anyone that follows along. Um, And they just, they are a company that talks the talk and walks the walk. And that is very hard to find in skincare. And they're just incredible founders. So when when I started to do their protocols out here and started to talk about them more, it just became a a really beneficial uh, relationship. And so then we created a product together called Pregame, which is a face mask, and it's just kind of blossomed from there. Okay, I'm getting that face mask because I also love a face mask. You will love it. I I have, and I'm not just saying this because I made it. Everyone that's tried it has said it's done something for their skin, even like my most sensitive skinned clients. So I feel very proud of it. (laughs) Okay. Because I deal with like sensitive skin and redness. Mm -hmm. So I like a very sensitive mask. Yeah. So you might get a little tingly right when you put it on. So just monitor that your skin isn't getting like pink or red Mm -hmm. and then leave it on for like three minutes as opposed to the full five and you'll, it'll feel really good. Okay. Last question before we do a little rapid fire to end it up. What is like the biggest skincare myth or mistake that people come to you and they say they've been doing this and you're like, no, stop. (laughs) Um, Over exfoliation, like forever and always, that's the biggest mistake. Your skin will not heal if you are scrubbing it to death. Okay. Amazing. So ending segment, fun facts and favorites. What's your top self-care tip? Um, uh, I mean, I have to say washing your face. Okay. (laughs) Biggest unexpected skincare hack, like a pillowcase, something that's not, you know, directly a a skincare product. Ice. It's the best. 
It helps everything. Wait, can you elaborate? Because now I'm intrigued. Yes. So if you have dark circles under your eyes, lots of times that's a sign of inflammation. And ice takes away inflammation. So it helps not just like if you wake up in the morning, you, you don't even need an ice roller. You can just take an ice cube and run it under your eyes. And that can take away some of that dark circle immediately. If you have a pimple coming on, pimples are also just a sign of inflammation in the body. So ice that sucker down. It's going to get smaller immediately. The redness will go away. If you're feeling puffy, if you do ice in like an upwards and outwards motion, it's going to get some of that lymphatic drainage and like instantly lift and get rid of that puffiness too. It like solves all of your problems. Wow. Amazing. I have the hot mess Skinny Confidential Ice Roller because I work for her and oh my God. I've been like obsessed with using it. Yeah. I love mine. That is like the holy grail of- Right? It's so good. So good. Um, okay. Skincare product you can't live without right now. Ooh, um, it's summer. So sunscreen. I apply sunscreen like a mad woman. And my favorites right now are the Clearstem You Are Sunshine, the Skin Butter Tone Smart, and then there's a really nice one from Jan Marini too that I love. Okay. I'll be looking into all of those. <laughs> Wellness product you can't live without right now. Ooh. Can I – okay. I have like a top three. Go for it. Athletic Greens, as again, influencer as it is, that has <laughs> changed my life. Like my yeah. digestion in the morning is spot on because of it. Empty um, stomach? Empty stomach. Everyone's okay. different. I do empty stomach and it just gets things rolling. And I feel like I've done all of my vitamins for the day. Matcha instead of coffee first thing has changed everything for me. I don't like crash and I, I love matcha now. And then I just got a sauna blanket from a company called Higher Dose. I like was targeted by them on Instagram and bought it. And I love that thing. I sleep like a baby after I get in it. Okay. Does it, does the whole thing inside, because I was talking to my boyfriend about this. We wanted to get one. And he was like, doesn't the whole inside get gross and sweaty? Like, how do you clean it? They make a little spray so you can okay. clean it and wipe it down. It's like, it's, um, I don't know what kind of material to say, but it's very slick. So it doesn't feel like, it's not like a fuzzy blanket. Right. Very right. Yeah. And you feel like you do after a sauna? Yes. Like truly. I feel so good. So crazy. Okay. I'm looking into that. Okay. Yeah. Where can the people find you? Um, my personal Instagram is at Jess Clark underscore because Jess Clark Higgins, they wouldn't let me change my whole handle for whatever reason. Um, and then my skin page is just skin den D E N because that's my clinic. Okay. Amazing. Thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Thank you guys so much for listening to that episode. Please, please, please leave a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you just can't get enough of this podcast, go subscribe over on YouTube. You can see the full-length video episodes and shorter clips as well. You can find TikTok clips over at Jen Lauren with two N's. You can find Instagram Reels if that's your jam over on Instagram at Jen underscore Lauren with two N's and even Dare to Self Care Pod on Instagram. So, you never have to go a day without Dare to Self-Care. 